financially tuned. Whether it's a high-performance engine or an orchestra, there's a significant difference between being slightly out of tune or perfectly in tune. The same is true of your finances. When your financial plan is even slightly out of tune, you may be paying too much for taxes, exposing yourself to too much risk, or retiring without a sound income plan. And like the conductor of an orchestra or a skilled mechanic, Corey Sickles of Safe Harbor Retirement Group is the professional who helps to get everything financially tuned. Corey Sickles is the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Group. He believes in providing personalized, high-quality financial services for a diverse group of clients at all income levels. Corey has been helping people reach their retirement goals for over 19 years. Contact Corey at 614-760-0670 or on the web at safeharboroh.com. And now, here's Corey to help you be financially tuned. Hello, and welcome to our edition of Financially Tuned with me, Corey Sickles from Safe Harbor Retirement Group and Wealth Management. Today, we do have a special guest, and that guest will be Mike Banger, and we look forward to talking about the market, some interest rates, and, you know, in general, just on uh, how to, to really invest and allocate those assets going forward. Let me give you a little bit of background about Mike. Mike actually works with Gradient Investments, which is based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. He has about 27 years of institutional investment experience. And during that time, he's managed over $3 billion of equity assets for Thrivent. Now, one of the unique things with us is we do have a relationship at Safe Harbor Wealth Management, and he is a direct resource for us and for our clients to be able to talk to. But he is, he is really the heads up the money management side of all of our clients' investments. Now, he has appeared on CNBC, Bloomberg TV, and has also uh, been quoted in the Wall Street Journal and Barron's. Thanks, Mike, for joining us today. Hey, Corey. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Now, before we get started in some of this stuff, and most of our listeners are going to be listening to this on Sunday morning, so it's going to be the day after Ohio State plays uh, Minnesota. Now, I know you're a Gopher fan, but uh, this week I'm not hoping that uh, it's going to be too exciting for you on Saturday night. Yeah, I am a big Gopher fan. Actually, that's my alma mater, so uh, I'm very interested. It's going to be a big game for the Gophers. Uh, We could really vault into national prominence if we can win this one and pull out a big win at Ohio State against us uh, at home here. Well, we wish you good luck, uh, but not too much much luck on Saturday, but may the best team win. (laughs) So... First of all, give us a little bit of background about uh, Gradient and, and how you work with you know companies like uh, you know like us at Safe Harbor Wealth Management, which is really a registered investment advisor. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, talk to your listeners, Corey. Um, Gradient Investments. Uh, we're a Minneapolis-based money management firm. We manage about six hundred and fifty million dollars, and we manage uh, client accounts for everyone who has fifty thousand dollars all the way up to multi-million-dollar type of clients. Uh, really, what we do is we have a suite of portfolios. We have very conservative portfolios for those folks who are interested in just preserving their capital and earning a little bit of return, all the way up to higher growth portfolios for those folks who are, are, are looking to actually see their portfolio grow and are willing to accept a little more risk. And we manage these portfolios for over 250 independent, and I want to stress the word independent, independent financial advisors around the country. Uh, we've been in business for over eight years. We have a strong track record. And I think we really differentiate ourselves because we provide individualized 
investment management services to clients. Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, give, you know giving us uh, some information on that. The, you know, the one thing that you know we just had the elections last week, and uh, or you know the first part of November here, and you know one of the things that always comes up with that is people always expect politics to play a you know a big part in the market and you know does that when you start managing money and you start managing the risk you know does does do politics really play a, a big part in the market do you think on the way that you know on the way that it will actually go up or down well I, I, that's an excellent excellent question especially since we're just after the the midterm elections here um, and in reality Corey uh, politics tend to not play a very big part in the investment process and the investment markets first. You know, I, I think a couple of points to make here is that when, when you think about the investment markets these days, when you invest in companies like the S&P 500, the large companies in our economy, you're really investing in companies that do business all over the world. I, I mean, the investment markets are truly a global marketplace right now, more so than they have ever have been. And you know what? Companies are interested in gaining market share, innovating new products, growing their existing markets around the world, and really politics does not come into play when these companies are sitting in their boardrooms. So I think politics are more noise. I think politicians tend to inherit versus influence the economy and the markets. And you know, just an interesting point, after the, the 12 months following historically, the 12 months following the midterm elections have been very bullish periods for the investment market. So, you know, history tells us that we'll have a pretty good run after midterm elections. Now, that's on average. That doesn't happen every year. But historically, we, they've been very good periods after the midterm elections. Well, you know, that's going to be some good news for the, our listeners out there. Um, you know, what, what do you think some of the major drivers are, you know, for long term um, or, you know, what are some of the long-term drivers, you know, for, of stock prices? I mean, what, what should our clients really look at, um, you know, if they wanted to, uh, you know, think about investing in particular portfolios? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good, good point. Um, you know, at Gradient Investments, when we look at the investment markets, we really focus on the fundamentals and we filter out the noise and elections and politics and those kind of things tend to be noise. And the fundamentals are really determined by how good is the U.S. economy doing? How good is the global economy doing? So point number one and fundamental number one is the economy. Fundamental point number two is how well are the companies that operate in this economy, how are their earnings doing? Are their earnings going up? Are they growing year over year? Or are they declining or not meeting expectations? And I think that's the most important fundamental, and we spend a lot of time here at Gradient Investments analyzing where and what the trajectory of corporate earnings is. And the third fundamental point I want to highlight is valuation. Are markets and in individual stocks or bonds, are they overvalued, undervalued, or fairly valued? And that's the third point. So it's really, a, the fundamentals are all about the economy, and we think the economy is doing pretty well right now. Secondly, it's about the company's profitability and their earnings within that economy, and corporate profits are doing very well right now. And finally, it's about valuation, market valuation and individual security valuation. And valuations are pretty reasonable right now. They're not bargain basement cheap, but they're certainly not overvalued. We think valuations are pretty fair right now. So we have fair valuations, we have earnings that are doing well, and we have the economy that continues to recover. 
That's some, that's some good information on that. You know, one thing you, you talked about was was the economy, and a big you know a big portion of the economy is, you know, how are consumers purchasing things, or or you know what are or what's the confidence level of a consumer today? And um, one is is you know what, how do you think the consumers feel about the market today? And 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 the other part is is how do we really play a role in in the way that the market, you know. Uh, goes forward here, whether, you know, whether it's up or down in the, you know, in the marketplace. Yeah, that's great. So, so the fundamental point, number one, that we talked about is how is the economy doing? And when I look at the economy, I, you know, one of the broadest indicators of the health of the economy is GDP or gross domestic product. And right now GDP is, is growing pretty good. It's growing if for the last five years, it's been growing about three or 4% on a year over year basis. And more importantly, GDP growth has been very stable. So moderate growth that's stable is a pretty good environment, and that's why I'm bullish on the economy. But when we look at GDP and you break it down a little bit, about 70% of gross domestic product is what the consumers are doing. It's really the consumers. So it's consumer spending, it's consumer transactions, it's what we're buying in, in, in goods and services. So when we look at that 70%, it, it's very important to determine what is the health of the U.S. consumer. So one of the best ways to look at, at, at the health of the consumer is to look at an indicator called the Consumer Confidence Indicator. And what this is, this is a monthly survey that the University of Michigan produces each and every month. And it just it's a survey that asks the consumers around the country, you know, what's their confidence levels? And that confidence level has been rising over the past five years, and now it's hitting five-year highs, which is a very good indicator of the trajectory of the future economy. So when we look at that, why would the consumer feel confident? Well, let's talk about it a little bit. Home prices are gradually starting to rise. Their stock portfolios are up. Interest rates have been low for quite some time, and when interest rates are low, consumers can refinance. They can pay off credit card debt. And you think about it, there's probably, a, you know, a lot of folks that, that, you know, as each and every listener has neighbors or someone they know that's refinanced their mortgage. And when you do that, you save a couple hundred bucks on your mortgage payment. Collectively, that puts a lot of new purchasing power into the economy. So consumers are doing better. Uh, more and more consumers are, are going back to work. More and more consumers are refinancing their homes. More and more consumers are, are, are seeing their wages gradually start to go up. And all this together leads to a more confident consumer, and that's helping the economy. Well, well that, that, that's definitely um, some good information there. In, in, in one of the things that when I sit down and talk with clients about, you know, there's always a little bit of nervousness. You know, they're a little bit nervous about how long this market can keep, you know, with, with a bull type of run. And, and how long do you really think this can last? Do you have any, any comments on that? I certainly do, and that's a great question. So. I get it. I understand that, that market investors would be nervous at this point in time because we've been, we, we've been in a five-year bull market run. So that's great. But when you think about it, think back to where this bull market started. And it started in the bottom of 2009, in, in, in March of 2009. So a lot of this recovery has really been recovering what we lost. But at this point, now we're starting to break out to new highs. And when I've examined the past 10 bull markets um, historically, you know, just because we've had a five-year bull market, which is about 60 months, that doesn't mean that we're, we're just about done. In fact, that's about average for the duration or length of your average bull market. 
So when I look at the past 10 bull markets, there's actually been four or five bull markets that have lasted a lot longer than five years. In fact, the longest bull market had last, has lasted 120 months. We're only 60 into this. So yes, we've had a bull market that's been going on for quite some time, in fact, four to five years, but that doesn't mean it's over. And history tells us that we could just be, you know, we could only be halfway through this bull market. So as long as the fundamentals continue to do well, as long as corporate profits continue to do well, we should be fine. Well, uh, thanks, Mike. Now our time um, has gone pretty quick for this particular segment. But before we go, I wanna remind everyone to visit my website at safeharboroh.com or feel free to call me at 614-760-0670. And you can re definitely receive your complimentary Rule of 100 report and we can help you get started on being able to really prepare for the market. Asset allocation can be a huge part of a successful retirement, but where do you start? We start by providing our clients with the Rule of 100 report. This report helps to provide general guidelines for proper allocation of your retirement and investment assets. We complement this insightful report with the My Point of View questionnaire. Do you have a financial point of view? This insightful self-assessment will help you answer that question. These crucial retirement documents can be found in the Retirement Income Toolkit, and you can get yours right now by either downloading it at safeharboroh.com or by calling us at Safe Harbor Retirement Group at 614-760-0670. Don't start planning your retirement without it. Welcome back to Financially Tuned with our special guest, Mike Binger from Gradient Investments and myself, Corey Sickles from Safe Harbor Retirement Group and Wealth Management. So far, we've really been discussing uh, the market conditions and, and really how long will this bull run last? And what we kind of want to get into uh, right now, Mike, is I'd like to ask you, uh, you know, a, a few things about inflation. You know, when I start dealing with a lot of clients who wants to, you know, that do want to retire, you know, within the next few years, of course, one of the big things is always is, is how are you going to be able to keep up with inflation? So do you really think inflation today is now and where do you really think it's going to go in the future? Yeah, so that's been one of the things that, that has really helped stocks in the past five years is that inflation has really not been an issue. In fact, I worry more about deflation than I do about inflation. I worry about deflation where we have our home prices start to collapse again and commodity prices, you know, crop prices around the country start to decrease. So inflation really hasn't been a problem. Right now it's still around 2% on a national basis, maybe a little lower, and it's been there for quite some time. So the question is, where do we think inflation is going? Because there's nothing that will kill, you know, a bull market more than anything than inflation. So that's a very pertinent and good question about where inflation is going. And, you know, I just don't really see inflation as being a problem. You know, when I look around at things, um, you know, I look at energy. You know, the price of oil has just declined a lot lately. Gasoline is much lower than it was a year ago. So that's deflationary. When I look at, you know, at oil and natural gas and what it's going to cost to heat our homes for those of us that live in northern states, it's going to be cheaper this year than it was last year. So, so a big component of inflation is energy. That's not a problem. A big component of inflation is home prices, and that's been very stable and hasn't been creeping up all that much. Uh, one of the problems, a small component, is, is if any of your listeners out there have kids in college, um, student, 
you know, student loans and tuition and those kind of things have been very inflationary. That's been a problem. But overall, inflation has not been a problem. And inflation really doesn't become, you know, doesn't really start to be a problem until we start to see a lot of wage growth. So we're getting closer to where we're seeing wage growth. Wage growth is starting to creep up around 1% or 2% on an annualized basis right now. But it really hasn't become a big factor into inflation. So to answer the question, for the next year, I don't see inflation being much of a problem. In fact, when inflation is a problem, gold prices start to go up. And right now, gold prices have been coming down quite a bit. So I don't think we really need to worry about inflation for the next 12 months. After that, inflation will probably gradually creep up a little bit, but that's okay. A little inflation in the economy doesn't hurt anything. A little wage growth, um, the ability for companies to price their products a little higher on a year-over-year basis, keep those earnings sustained is a good thing. So really, if we have inflation that's somewhere between 2 and 3%, right now it's under 2%. If it's between 2 and 3%, it's okay over 3%, you know, then we got to watch it a little bit, but I don't see that on the horizon anytime soon. Do you, uh, do you, what do you think is going to happen with interest rates? Do you think they're going to pretty much stay the same until mid, you know, 2015, which is kind of what the reports have said about, you know, the Fed might be at that point in time thinking about raising rates? Yeah, yeah. So I think the real important thing is, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, okay, so we just ended quantitative easing or QE3. That's, that's the program where the Fed, Federal Reserve Bank is out buying bonds in the open market to keep interest rates low. That's done. But I really don't think that's going to affect interest rates that much. What I think the key indicator we all need to watch to see a rising interest rate environment is we all need to see when the Fed will raise this thing called the Fed funds rates. And right now, that's at essentially zero. And I really don't see the Fed touching that for at least another year to the back half of 2015. So if we flash forward a year from now, you know, when I think of interest rates, I I think the benchmark interest rate we all watch is the 10-year Treasury yield. Right now, that's at about 2.3 or 2.4%, depending on the hour of the day. Uh, I think by the second half of next year, it's going to be around 3%. So it's going to, I think we'll see a gradual creep there, but I don't think we're going to see interest rates spike anytime soon. You know, with, with interest rates being so low, and a, a second ago, you or uh, the previous question, you, you kind of talked about um, if you're a retiree, you can't get any type of yields. You know, how has Gradient tried to help clients invest in somewhat safe, you know, investments within the market to try to outpace inflation? Yeah, yeah. So we've, at, at Gradient Investments, we, you know, we've heard the frustrations of, of our clients who are trying to earn yield, who don't want to take a lot of stock market risk who, you know, maybe in their late 60s or 70s or 80s. Uh, for those folks, it's a real frustrating time period because the banks aren't paying anything, money market mutual funds aren't paying anything, and, and, uh, and CDs aren't paying anything right now. So how, what we've done to try and help those folks is we've come up with a, a, and constructed a couple of portfolios to help them get some yield. So we have a very low volatility portfolio, not a lot of risk, but some. You know, maybe, you know, when you think of risk, think of it on this spectrum. Think of what, what we call a standard deviation of risk. So that really just measures changes on an annualized basis. So the risk of the bank is zero. Zero standard deviation, zero risk. The risk of the stock market long term has been more 14%. Okay, so there's your spectrum. Zero with the banks, 14% with stocks. That's, that, that's your risk spectrum. Now, we know that at a zero risk, you earn 
less than you know one tenth of one percent at the bank. So no risk, but no return. We know with stocks that you can long term earn nine to ten percent, right? So for those folks who are looking for yield, we have to creep up a little bit from the risk of a bank. We can't have zero risk in our portfolio, or we earn less than inflation. So we have a couple of portfolios. We have a very low risk portfolio called the laddered income portfolio. It yields around two and a half or three percent right now. Very little volatility, and and it's really a great portfolio for those folks who really don't want to take a lot of risk, but need to earn more than you know half or one percent. We also have a portfolio called the absolute yield portfolio. This portfolio yields around six percent. It's a multi-asset class portfolio. In fact, we use nine different asset classes that have higher yields. Uh, these asset classes tend to move around in different directions. So as a whole or collectively, this portfolio has about half the risk of the stock market. So there is a little security movement, but you will earn 6% on income and distributions from that portfolio. And so, so for the folks who are looking to accept about half the risk of the market, are looking to get a great yield, the absolute yield portfolio is, is really the ticket for them. Well, thank, thanks, Mike, for talking about that. And one of the things that you did talk about was customized solutions. And one of the things that we always have stressed at, you know, at Safe Harbor is, is to be able to not use that cookie cutter approach for everybody. Everybody's unique and everyone's going to you know, need their particular solution that's going to benefit them the best. And you know, whether it's risk or whether it's return or whether it's to figure out what that guaranteed income in retirement truly is. But one of the things that we try to that we try to stress when we meet with the clients the first time is what we call a portfolio analysis. So one of the things we'll do is we'll sit down with the client, review everything they have, and be able to provide some type of feedback to them. And can you explain to them on why doing some type of analysis of their portfolio is important? Yeah, and I would encourage everyone listening out there to do yourselves a favor. Call Safe Harbor up and show them your investment portfolio. You, you don't have to do anything. There's no obligation, but just show them what your current investment portfolio is. And they're in turn going to run it through what we call a portfolio analysis review. And oftentimes what we see is a lot of clients go like, you know what? I'm doing great. I earned 8% last year. And, and that's great. And the question becomes, well, is that really great or is it not? Because how much risk are you taking? to earn that 8%. Markets have been fairly good the past five years. So what we do is we run this portfolio analysis review. We call it our PAR, P-A-R process. And what we're really doing here is we're taking your current portfolio, we're organizing your assets, we're running it through our proprietary analysis profit, and we're truly gonna show you how much yield you're earning, how much risk you're taking, what have your returns done? Have you been beating or not beating uh, custom benchmarks. You know, oftentimes we find clients aren't taking enough risk to meet their investment objectives. So I think the bottom line is here is we have a great power review, portfolio analysis review. Do yourselves a favor, call Safe Harbor and just have your portfolio run through this review. If you do, you'll really see outcome that you can understand. You'll understand the risk and return profile of your investment portfolio. And I think you'll be pleased with it. And if we can help, we'd be happy to do so. If you're doing fine, we're going to tell you you're doing great and you should just stay the course. So do yourself a favor, call Safe Harbor 
and have your portfolio run through this process. Well, uh, I want to thank you, uh, Mike, for joining us on this show. But, you know, sadly, our time is up for this week. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And I want everyone to make sure they understand how important it is to really make sure you have all the information in order to make a smart decision when it, con it concerns your investment portfolio. And with proper planning to make sure you're allocated the correct way, we can definitely help you plan for your retirement. Now, we're, we're going to be back same time, same place for more helpful information on Financially Tuned with myself, Corey Sickles from Safe Harbor Retirement Group and Wealth Management. And next week, our host, Tony Shore, will be joining us again. We look forward to joining, joining us again next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Corey Sickles at Safe Harbor Retirement Group. Call 614-760-0670 or visit their website at safeharboroh.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.